Hey everyone, I wanted to jump on this week and give a little prologue about Cookery by the Book number 56. Something was wonky with my Skype yesterday. I think it was the crazy rain and wind here in New York City, so my part of the conversation might be a little bit distorted. Nonetheless, I had a super interesting chat with Matt Moore, author of The South's Best Butts. Thank you so much for listening. Here we go. Welcome to the Cookery by the Book podcast with me, Susie Chase. Hey y'all, I'm Matt Moore and my latest cookbook is The South's Best Butts Tipmaster Secrets for Southern Barbecue Perfection. In a piece in the New Yorker last week, they wrote, Barbecue might be America's most political food. It's always of interest to me when a certain food works its way up the socioeconomic ladder. Give us a little history on pork's evolution in the South. Well, I like to say uh, you know, politicians are cheap and so is barbecue. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pork has uh, long been a, uh, a food source, uh, a source of life for Southerners. Uh, it, it's most commonly agreed upon that uh, pigs were first brought over to the Florida region by DeSoto back in the 1400s, mainly because they could survive long voyages at sea. And, and when they got stateside, uh, they didn't have to be domesticated like cattle. Um, you know, throughout the Civil War, uh, pork was salted and preserved and, and really was uh, a food source for, for soldiers. And then in times uh, where you know, the South uh, was not so proud, uh, even in times of slavery, um, there was rare acts of humanity where slave owners would throw uh, what they called pig pickings, actually breaking the, the social bonds of hierarchy at that time uh, and allowing those to, uh, to to eat together. So it's been a it's been a long story past. Uh, you know, barbecue was always kind of the original um, takeout food. It wasn't really something with a white tablecloth. Uh, most farmers would do it as something to help supplement the harvest to help uh, help their income during the weekends because of the low and slow method of cooking and the advent of the automobile was something that allowed people to to really travel throughout the South um, and, and taste different uh, farmers or pitmasters' creations. And from there, it's really spawned now to uh, almost oak cuisine. You can find, you know, uh, a slab of ribs or brisket that can sell at the same price as a filet mignon. So it's pretty unbelievable what the evolution has taken place. It's commonly agreed upon that the barbecue belt is representative, uh, starting on the west side, Texas, and up to Oklahoma, as far north as uh, Missouri. And as you make your way east, uh, you skip Illinois, make your way through Kentucky and uh, down through the Carolinas and then bordering the deep south states with one exception that you skip Florida. Uh, and I hate to pick on Florida. I've had great barbecue in Florida, but just most people don't consider it part of the barbecue belt. I know it's so weird because you said that the uh, DeSoto brought the pigs there. So you think Florida would have kicked it all off. You know, I went to school at the University of Georgia, so uh, I'm not a big Gator fan anyway. So, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I've heard there's even barbecue infighting in North Carolina. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Carolinas uh, certainly have, you know, their own uh, distinct styles. Uh, North Carolina is truly something where you find whole hog animal cooking over open pits. Uh, if there's any sauce, it's typically just uh, apple cider vinegar with crushed red pepper and sauce. Excuse me, um, salt, not sauce. Um, you know, as you make your way south, um, you pick up some mustard-based sauces, and a lot of people attribute that. Uh, to the German immigrants that came over to that area and, and combined some mustard with vinegar to kind of create more of a yellow sauce. So 
Carolina is just an unbelievable barbecue region. And you'll find, um, you know, restaurants throughout the country that try to emulate Carolina-style barbecue, often serving slaw on top of the sandwich. And as I mentioned, keeping things to a very vinegar or mustard-based sauce. You take us on a journey through the barbecue belt with stories, photos, and recipes from different barbecue joints. How much fun was it doing research and traveling around? Well, a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, first and foremost, it is a cookbook. We have over 150 recipes. They're super simple and approachable. And, and when I write books, I want people to cook from them. I love when they turn out as beautiful as they did uh, with this one. But at the same time, I want people to really uh, get it home and, and enjoy the recipes. But as far as an adventure, yeah, I mean, it was a crazy adventure. And, I, and it, it's, it's really great that you, you get that aspect. I always wanted folks to, uh, to pick this up and, and be able to feel a sense of that adventure. I think we did 2,500 highway miles uh, and over wow. 3,500 nautical miles. Uh, it was a great picture. I, I fly a small little Piper Cherokee, and we, we flew to a lot of spots uh, based out of my home base of Nashville to Kentucky, uh, West Tennessee and some other places. So, um, you know, it, it was a ton of fun. And, and my goal was to have you come and sit right seat with me in the plane, get the behind the scenes look of these pitmasters kitchens, tell their stories. So that if you can't take a road trip like this, um, you're with me. But if you do, uh, maybe it'll inspire you to go out, whether it's regionally or, or taking the whole 12 state tour to, to kind of get out on the open road and and realize that um, barbecue is such a fun food, and it varies from state to state to state, from place to place to place. And uh, we had a great time doing it. Certainly have been running quite a few miles to, to work off the pounds. You have a barbecue belt map on page 15. And as a Kansas Cityan, I yep. was shocked to see the only barbecue place in Missouri on the map is St. Louis. So, <laughs> uh, no offense to Kansas City. We actually did represent Kansas by representing St. Louis. Um, Skip Steele was a pitmaster at Bogart's, also Pappy's, yeah. probably two of the most famous barbecue restaurants in the country. Um, and he has spent countless years in Kansas City as well. So, you know, we, we covered Missouri, and he happens to be in St. Louis right now. But he's also been well-known throughout Kansas City and even the Memphis and Arkansas region. So he was just kind of the perfect choice for me. Um, you know, I love, uh, I wish I could have, uh, I've been joking around, my last name is Moore, so I think another great title, we could go out and hit 3,000 more joints and just call it More Butts, um, <laughs> because there's just so much to capture out there, but Skip was such a great character, such a great story to tell, and to be honest, he's probably the most widely known pitmaster that we featured in the book. Didn't he teach you time plus temperature equals results? Yeah, he, he said it perfectly. He said, you know, cooking is a math problem. Time and temperature equals results. And I think it's important for folks that have maybe never delved into smoking before. It can be pretty intimidating. Uh, but you can create great barbecue on uh, a very, very expensive piece of equipment. Or if you learn how to manage temperature over a set period of time on a $50 kettle grill. Uh, so we kind of give you guys a format on fueling and flavor and some techniques. Uh, all throughout the beginning of the book, if you if you actually want to take on the smoking aspect. And I'll tell people if they want to just take a shortcut and pick up some pulled pork or brisket or chicken from their local restaurants or even grocery stores nowadays sell a lot of these products, they can use that as a base to start some of the great recipes like the pulled pork nachos or the barbecue spaghetti uh, or even uh, tenkatsu pork belly ramen. <laughs> uh, we run the gamut in terms of all different recipes in the book. What is your opinion on barbecue versus grilled meat? Well, I'll throw my wife under the bus. She's from the north, um, and I always love when I get invited to 
barbecues from northerners and you show up and there's brats and hamburgers and hot dogs on the grill like you'd be shot in the south if you're not slow roasting pig or, totally. or something along those lines so i, I you know typically a lot of pitmasters will tell you it's not barbecue unless it is uh indirect cooked um you know whatever your cut could be mutton it could be pig it could be beef it could be chicken over open coals allowing the fat and the moisture to uh, baste into the coals, which produces the steam and the smoke that gives the flavor to the meat. I mean, that's what most people tell you is, is the true form of barbecue. So uh, instead of uh, firing up hamburgers and hot dogs on the grill, call that a cookout instead, please. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> I think this is the only cookbook, barbecue cookbook, that mentions French mother sauces. How do you link French gastronomy with barbecue sauces? Oh, well, you know, if you've ever been a formally trained chef or not, um, you know, the French has five classic sauces. Um, and so we, taking a look at the map, I kind of felt like that was the same case uh, with barbecue. So you start in the Carolinas where you find, as I mentioned earlier, just pure vinegar-based sauces. As you make your way to South Carolina, you find a mustard-based sauce. Uh, Northern Alabama combines mayonnaise and, and, and vinegar to create a white sauce. I've never heard of that. Oh, it's delicious. It is? Favorites. Yes, it's fantastic. A little bit of uh, cayenne for some heat, sometimes some horseradish in there as well. Black pepper, it's a delicious sauce. And then as you go north to Kentucky, um, you know, they do things differently in Kentucky. They're, the, they're always the, the one-two favorite neutrality, so they got to be different. Um, you find mutton, but you also find a black-based, Worcestershire-based sauce. And then um, Kansas City, Memphis, St. Louis, you'll, you'll start to pick up more tomato and molasses. So um, we wanted to kind of cover uh, the gamut with five different sauces. And then what you'll find throughout my travels, when I was able to pry the recipes out of some pitmaster's hands, we also got some of the sauces from uh, each each restaurant we visited. Can we talk about sides, or as you call them, sidekicks? There's a very yeah. popular barbecue place in my neighborhood in New York City, and they offer salads as a side. It, it makes me crazy. What are your thoughts on healthy green barbecue sidekicks? You know, I, to me, uh, being born and raised in the South and, and writing about Southern food, um, I think there's been a, a misperception that we put butter and bacon on everything. I mean, certainly don't take it away from us or you'll be in serious trouble. But, you know, we really did pioneer the farm-to-table movement. Down here, we've always been growing and, and eating off the land and hunting and fishing. So that's a big part of, of what I wanted to showcase. Now, there's certainly some sides in there, like a, a creamed corn with jalapeno that we got out of Texas that uh, certainly will not do you any favors in the diet department. But at the same time, we also have uh, you know, varied recipes like a, a bacon and bourbon collard green and squash and all those different types of fresh vegetables that we utilize. So um, I think it's just important that we wanted to round out the book uh, with a very protein-heavy focus on pork butts and brisket and chicken and sausage that we did give a ton of sides because those are just as important um, to round out a great barbecue establishment or a great barbecue meal, in my opinion. Speaking of sides, I made Helen Turner's coleslaw on page 111 yesterday. Um, now, Helen is in Brownsville, Tennessee, and she's a rare female pit master. Tell us about her and uh, her style of barbecue. Yeah, I mean, that flaw is super simple, and, and you mentioned it. I think what was really important to me is to showcase a lot of diversity with the subject of barbecue. I think most people kind of attribute it as a, as a male 
uh, pastime. And, and there's some great females that we feature in the book, several of which um, that we wanted to profile. And then different race, ethnicities. I really wanted to capture where we are today. Um, you know, Helen cooks barbecue in an old school manner over an open pit. Her husband, Reginald, actually helps her build the fires when most folks are sleeping. And she works that smokehouse uh, from front of house to back of house. She'll wear you out in an afternoon. Um, and she's carrying on a great tradition of this kind of Memphis-style barbecue, but also uh, taking some elements from the Carolinas as well. And uh, she's tough on the outside, but just an absolute jewel on the inside. And I think it's really important. You know, when people read this book, not only can they cook from the recipes, but you're getting a, a snapshot into, into these people's lives. And the common theme um, is just there's just so many great people that work so hard uh, to cook great food and, and, and please others. Uh, and I really wanted to honor them and showcase them because uh, they are carrying on a, a grand tradition in the South. And I think it was important to recognize them. Tell me about her smoked bologna sandwich. Oh, man. Uh, you know, my last meal, I get asked that question a lot, being involved with food. It's either gumbo or a bologna sandwich. And uh, by smoking it, she cuts it uh, like a three-finger high bourbon. It's super, super thick. Uh, smokes it for a few hours. There's a great picture of us holding a, a huge slab. It probably weighs 20 pounds in the front of the book. Um, and it's just served very commonly on a, on a bun with a little bit of slaw. And she's got a little bit of a spicy uh, vinegar based with a little bit of tomato based sauce. And it's just super delicious. Um, bologna has kind of always been a, a poor man's food. Uh, in Oklahoma, they call it the, the Oklahoma tenderloin. <laughs> uh, but that on white bread with some glazed potato chips and uh, RC cola, man, I am a happy camper. Yeah, I was thinking the coleslaw that I made would be great on top of that. Yeah, very simple slaw. You know, just um, sometimes simplicity is always key. I think it maybe has five ingredients. Uh, it's exactly how I make my coleslaws, but I never add sugar. She adds just a little dose of sugar, which helps kind of bring some of the, the acidic components together. Um, but I, I think any slaw like that, you know, sometimes it's served on the side, sometimes it's served on top. Um, whatever your preference, we, I think, round out the book with probably at least 10 coleslaws, uh, which is just a very quintessential and important side to any barbecue establishment. Where can we find you on the web? Uh, my website is probably the best place to kind of serve the, the starting point. It's just under mattrmore.com. I'm not a professional baseball player or football player. Uh, and I do most of my social media, most of my travels on my Instagram. I live in Nashville and uh, I'm a recovering musician. So it's just under Matt Moore Music for Instagram. Thanks, Matt, for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. Thanks so much for having me.